one chance, one life, one take. Little room for mistake. Who do you? Anyway, anyway. So thank you, gosh, so much for agreeing to be on this and joining me from your fucking awesome van. Hey, yep. This is Sally Phoenix, and I'll show you. There's pajamas snoozing away. But yeah, this is, I live in this RV at this um, nature and meditation retreat that's owned by my friend who lives next door. It's like sort of a mini commune slash also we have Airbnb guests and we do um, meditation retreats and I teach here uh, meditation and yoga every weekend. And I also manage the whole place. And, and so it's just like the most like I never knew that I wanted to live in, in like this group setting with people coming and going and some people living here, but it's so beautiful. I mean, you know, we talk about right people in end of life care. We're very intimately aware about what makes for a good life and what people regret at the end of life and what they wish that they would have done differently. And a big one of those that always comes up for people is, you know, right. I wish I had kept in better touch with my friends. I wish that I had nurtured my relationships more. I wish I would have been more vulnerable with my heart, soul, and emotions and living in this sort of community where we all have our own space, but we are, we let our dogs out. We get together for dinner. We are available out of, you know, a one minute walk if we need to spill our guts about whatever problem is bothering us. And so I really feel that living in this type of setting and having this type of community is nurturing my spirit in a way that makes me a more fulfilled person. Wow. Um, can you tell me again where you're located? I am in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is just about 30 minutes outside of Austin. Yeah. Now I've had Austin as my home base for like the past 10 years, but you know, I had my, my awakening, my death, anxiety, my awakening, all of that. And, um, since then I've been traveling a lot more. Um, but this in my little, my little house on wheels is my first time being stationary. And I've been here for the past year and it's been really beautiful for my spirit. Oh, it's lovely. Yeah. Community. I think, I mean, there's been so many studies done about how a support system and community helps with longevity. It helps with stress levels. And, um, and again, I feel that if we, we, um, ignore or neglect our relationships in life, then when we get towards the end of our lives or when we get to the moment on our deathbed, that is going to be a major regret. And so I try to use the work that we've seen right in end of life care and what those people have to say, those people are our teachers. Mm -hmm. Those people are telling us how to live now, because not only are they at the end of life and they've, they've done it, but they have the clear eyes of having all of the, I don't know if this is a swearing podcast, BS lifted (laughs) where, you know, all those societal expectations, familial expectations, financial, all that stuff is pulled away at the end of life. And so they have the the ability to see with much clearer eyes than we can see with those eyes. It just Mm -hmm. takes more work than, than those that are at end of life. Yeah. Well, and on that topic of counterintuitivity, counter counterintuitiveness, right? We're inventing new words here. You know, I'm the leader of this movement or I'm the creator of this movement, the artist behind the movement of called You Might Die Tomorrow, So Live Today. Mm-hmm. And 
people typically think, and I get a lot of pushback saying, oh, I can't quit my job and travel around the world. You know, I can't go skydiving every day. I'm not going to eat brownies every day because this is what people like the general population, they typically think about you, right? Like YOLO or living like you might die tomorrow are these big grandiose major life change, you know, risk and adventure. And to be sure, risk and adventure and uh, novelty do make for a good and interesting life. But what people, and I'm really on this crusade right now to teach people is that it's not, that is not just what makes a good life. What makes a good life are, you know, adventure, risk, and bravery mixed with the ability to slow down and enjoy the taste of your tea in the morning and to really connect, to slow down enough to put your phone away and connect eye to eye with the people that you love, to make sure that they know that you love them, to look at the birds and the leaves and and all these small details of life that in our rushed existence, we miss. And, you know, life will pass with blinding speed if we let it. And so we can't let it. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, that's it. That's the end of the podcast because that was just so beautiful. <laughs> Thanks everybody for joining us. There's today. birds tweeting, tweet, 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 yeah. right? Like a dragonfly <laughs> comes in and we're like, I'm just so grateful to be alive, right? <laughs> uh, yep. That's it. It's over. Uh, we haven't even began. So here we go. Um, I'm going to begin, actually begin the podcast now, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Ooh. Hi. Um, and we will continue recording for just one second, just to follow up on a couple of things. One, um, did you see the new book, um, by, uh, uh, Tana Han for the save the planet? No, uh, I'm, I'm getting a pen to write it down. Yeah, uh, it's called Zen and the Art of Saving the Planet. I'm looking at it right now over on my coffee table. And I was thinking about doing a little book club because I think that that's just kind of everything. It's about death, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm reaching there, but I was kind of like, hmm, I think people would like that. So. Beautiful. Yeah, I can't wait to look it up. Um, I had I had not heard of it, but yeah, I, I'm all about book clubs. yeah I made a goal to do to do 24 books this year and um I'm like two behind right now but I'm making good progress nice do you share it with everyone what you're reading um no but I I should yeah um I was I've been on a little bit of a break from social media the past couple of months just as I kind of went in that my own inner turmoil of changing and like having this not I, I guess kind of an identity crisis and like letting go or letting you might die tomorrow kind of live on its own life and really fully, fully vesting into this, um, this aliveness and enter the kaleidoscope message. And so, um, today, literally today, I'm like super excited to talk with you because this is just this like starting this tidal wave, I hope of, of work, uh, because even just this morning, I announced it on Instagram about like, this is going to be my new thing, which was kind of a big deal for me. And so I'm feeling this well of energy to start, to start sharing again. And so I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on your show and, um, verbalize it because I'm learning it as much as we all are (laughs) as we're talking, you're a therapist, you know about that. Let it out. Let it out. I keep hitting this. I apologize. It's going to be a great noise to edit out of this. Uh, This is the, you're the first episode for the new series. So I'm getting back. So I apologize for any of the babbling garbage that I'm going to have to edit out and super fun. (laughs) Um, 
because yeah, you get that groove and go in and then I've been, yeah, also off of social media for, for months and months now because life is really hard. And I was part of a really cool project and, and this might get into some kind of social media bit because I like it so much, which is called the emotional PPE project. And I want to let everyone know about it. Uh, it is, um, a free pro bono, um, it's therapy. It's free pro bono therapy for anybody that's working on the front lines. So any hospice nurses, mm-hmm. um, any ER nurses, doctors, techs, uh, because it is really, really important. So yay. Um, wow. And I love the name of it. Emotional PPE. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. Beautiful. I love everybody that I've met through the project and, um, yeah. I just want everyone to know about it. So I'm going to put it everywhere. Yeah. So if you know anybody That's beautiful that wants to needs therapy, right. Or yeah. is a therapist. I'm telling everybody to, to sign up. Yeah. I'll tell my friend she's a COVID nurse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank her for us. Thanks. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually just met her this year. She, we had like tons of mutual friends, but I just met her this year out at Burning Man. Um, and she, and I, it was just like such a cool thing to just see her like totally free, right? Just like not worrying about any of that stuff because her reality is really heavy. It's, it's almost unbelievable um, what these people were able to do for us and are continuing to do for us. So yeah, oh, thank you. And yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, um, and I had one other thing that I wanted to check back on (laughs) kind of the grief of letting go of one project. Yeah. Right. And moving into a next project. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about that? Grief. Oh yeah. I hadn't actually attributed that word to it, but it's true. I mean, I, there's many times when I thought about letting go of you might die tomorrow that I would, you know, a big, huge well of emotion would come up. I would start crying and, um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not like shutting it down by any means, right? Like it's still like I own the trademark uh, and it is still something there's stickers are everywhere. They're all over the world. Like that is still going on, but, but really trying to invest my energy in, and to be honest, you know, I don't know, we're, I, we're probably still recording, but it has been an uphill battle, right? Like this, the, you might die tomorrow message. It was, it was a fight tooth and nail. I mean, I got rejected from publisher after publisher after publisher because they didn't want to publish this title and, um, and I was adamant that this, that this was the title. Um, there's been so many people that reject the message, but for all of those people, there's been people that have been touched deeply by it. And I just feel that this work is so important. And if you, you probably know about all this, but a huge, a third of my book is dedicated to the psychology behind mortality awareness. And of course there are, there's certainly a dark side to mortality awareness and some of the ways that it makes us humans act is not very pretty, but it also makes us more pro-social in a lot of ways. It, it, um, and so that aspect of just being a positive message 
message of mortality, not only through my logo, but just through myself. Again, like this person who's like pretty, I'm very positive and very loud and, and all of that talking about death, I think opens people's ears and hearts in a way that um, they maybe hadn't seen before. So it has been hard and it's been, it's been a grief, but I'm super excited about this idea of helping people feel alive every single day. I'm excited about it too. Yeah. I'd love to, man, I don't know that people on their deathbed can really, most of them verbalize, oh, I think, I think everyone feels that passage of time and how life slips away and we get caught up in the bullshit and the doldrums and the, the trudge of life. And, and so that's what I'm trying to counteract is helping people slow down time, slow down our lives and actually enjoy a little bit every single day. Because to me, all of those micro moments, one moment a day, that's going to add up to a life that we feel really good about when it comes time to die. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with ACT therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. It's a mindfulness-based therapy and a lot of the language that you use aligns with it. So I'm just putting that out in the world um, in case anybody is like, I really love um, what Kate does. And, and right. Some people are not ready to just do one thing because they have old stories, old traumas that are just too much. And so possibly a therapist aligned with act therapy might be a good fit because you are really, they have this, this piece, it's called the choice point where it's kind of like, you're going towards things that are, um, what you want, your goals and your values, or you're going away from them because it's kind of the story that, you know, and you know, the safety versus novelty kind of, um, theory, but it's, you know, it's like, we naturally go away from it because we're just used to living our lives and doing the same things. And, and we don't want to break it. The people that you talked about that were like, I don't want to quit my job. I can't just quit my job and do something right. But they know that their values and their goals are over doing this. And they have to actively participate in that and actively unhook from the things that they naturally do. And it's easier said than done because a lot of our life gets pulled back. And so I just wanted to put that out in the world and be like, it's a possibility. I'm not advocating for that therapy, by the way, for anyone that's listening uh, for them. Yeah, I'll definitely be checking it out for sure. Yeah, I don't know if you need it because you fucking got that shit down. Well, Stoic philosophy has been a huge help for me, right? Like the idea of Stoic philosophy is based on the idea of focus on what you can control and disregard the rest. Focus on what I can control and disregard the rest. I can't control when, where, or how I die. So I'm going to focus on what's within my control, which is how I live today. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it sounds like that's similar where it's like with the ACT therapy, it's like, it's bringing, I also just learned about something called Occam's razor, which is the scientific theory where you, you choose the solution that has the least amount of assumptions and the least amount of complexity. And I feel like that's just another way of looking at the same thing with Stoic philosophy, which is like, there's so much confusion in our lives and we make shit so much more confusing than it has to be. I try to just make it, it as simple as possible because otherwise I will lose my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, I love the Stoics. I love blending the Stoics and the Epicureans together. Um, just I'm, to... oh my gosh, yes! <laughs> Can you please say that again? Um, I mean, you. I just like to hold both, right? I think that life is complicated enough, but we really want to enjoy it. And I, a lot of, I'm sure, if you did the, a big part of the book about um, uh, the psychology, you know, kind of looking at uh, Irvin Yalom and all of his existential work, 
And I always go back to staring at the sun, right? You know, we can look, we have to look at the sun. It's so important. It keeps us alive. Um, but you can only look at it for a couple seconds because it will hurt your eyeballs. Um, and that's like death. And so, you know, we, I always go back to that. Like, and then you have to look back at the earth and like everything that's fucking awesome. The butterflies, the, the feelings, the flowers, the people around you. Uh, but it's really important that you look at the sun and remember that it's there. That's death that keeps us going. Um, it tells us, you know, we don't have her forever. Enjoy your time. Um, but if you look at it too much, it's, it's kind of bad. So it's kind of, to me, like being stoic and Epicurean where it's like, look back on the ground and fucking have that great meal and, you know, play games with your friends and travel and jump into that lake. Um, because this is when you can do it. Yes. Oh, one of the most beautiful books. Uh, yeah. Staring at the sun is just, it's amazing the work that he's done. And I'm sure that threads into your work as well. And, and yeah, I, I like to call it healthy hedonism because everyone's like, oh, you might die tomorrow. That means eat all the brownies and spend all your money. Like that, that's not a way to live, mm -hmm. but it's like, okay, healthy hedonism to me is I love being healthy. I want to live a long life. Mm -hmm. And so to me, like the thing, some of the things that hedonistic is the pursuit of pleasure. A lot of the things that bring me pleasure are actually really healthy, working out, love, people, nature, right? And so applying hedonism to the things that you love that are also healthy, I think is a way to bridge, bridge that gap. I love that. Healthy hedonism. Oh, I'm fucking going to use that. So yeah. Who's the rock star that everyone talks about when we think about hedon? the one who's like 89 years old. And, um, Keith I mean, Richards. think of it, Keith Richards. Yeah. It's like be <laughs> the Keith Richards of living a beautiful life without, without, you know, the, the, the toxic habits. <laughs> yeah. Like I want to be yeah. the Keith Richard of living the most alive in the most beautiful, healthy and vibrant way possible. I, I agree. I, I was blessed to be able to work. I, I worked in assisted living. I worked at senior center. So I got, I was blessed to be able to really have deep and meaningful relationships with people that were 90. Uh, one of my favorites um, made it to 106 and at 106, she was just a badass. Um, she was like, <laughs> she just would look at me and be like new earrings and going on a date. Like she, I was like, the fuck do you remember all this? <laughs> <laughs> Um, she kept me in line. Uh, and you know, w when you get to be around those folks that are telling you, you know, how they got there and how, how they lived, um, it was, it was healthy hedonism in a way they, none of them were like avoiding everything to make it to 90. They're kind of like, mm, I just lived my life and I enjoyed my yeah. people and, um, you know, whatever it was that kept them alive. A lot of them had faith in something, whatever it looked like for them. And so I think that there's something stoic about that as well. They were like, it is what it is. <laughs> yes. Deal with the shit. And then they were like, but I enjoyed shit too. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you should enjoy things. So That's how you do it. Yeah, uh, exactly. Awesome. Any parting notes before we go that you didn't get to tell people? Oh, always. Yes. My parting, my parting note is just that 
you know, one thing that I've discovered over, you know, the course of these many years in this work is that, you know, we're given this life with this set of circumstances. I've got this nose, <laughs> this bank account, right? Like this brain, this set of emotions and virtues and flaws and everything. And I, and we're all unique, right? We're, we're all so unique. And what I've learned and what I firmly believe is that if we are looking for a sense of purpose in life, it, like so many of us are, and we all want to open nonprofits and, you know, reach the top of whatever career and have kids or whatever it is, you know, you think, don't forget about the purpose of being the most you that you can be while we're still here, right? Every day we wake up, we get this bonus where we get to roll over and be like, oh my God, I didn't die in my sleep last night. What a gift. What am I going to do today? Right. And you can take that attitude into your day. And I really believe that peeling back the layers of all those inhibitions and fears and holding back is part of our life's purpose because we need every single person. We need you to be the most you that you can be the weirdest, the one who doesn't think overthink what you say, sending five texts in a row without wondering <laughs> what the other person is going to think. Like we desperately need everyone to be that weird and vibrant self, because why else were we all given these unique qualities than to just let them shine? Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, I always come back to just trying to be the most me, just trying to enjoy my life and have a little bit of fun every single day. All right. Mic drop on that. <laughs> I want yeah, all, my, all my people as well. Um, listen to that, send all the texts, you know, such a big one, right? <laughs> all that anxiety, yeah. put that down. Kate said, put it down and, and go on with your life. Yeah. And some people <laughs> won't like you. Right. And, and that's fine. And it will be weird at first, but then you'll be like, probably most people won't like me and that's fine because I'm me. And the ones that do like me think I'm fucking awesome. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so important. Right. And sometimes we need a reminder. So thank you so much for that reminder. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Kate. I'm going to stop. Thank you. <laughs> Make the memories that will.